0: This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is a Fantasy Fast Track podcast. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans, joined by senior fun buns, Brandon Funston. And Brandon I uh, had a preseason game on Thursday night between the New England Patriots and uh, what were they exactly? A CFL team? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, USFL, uh,
1: something non-NFL
0: XFL, Uh, now defunct Uh, I mean, uh, the AAF uh, You know, (laughs) one of those peripheral leagues That could never be successful What was it called? NFL Europe? NFL Europe, uh, huge in Germany I think are the Philadelphia Eagles (laughs) Uh, Big in Berlin, but no, I mean They were an embarrassment last night And Jalen Hurts is out there dancing around in pads And then all of a sudden crapped his pants, I guess uh, because he had a stomach virus that took him to the hospital, believe it or not, according to Adam Schefter, uh, and some people felt like the rug got pulled out from underneath them as Joe Flacco got the start, but I want to talk about a couple of players, young players, uh, that I thought genuinely had solid games, and and we'll talk about the quarterback situation with New England here in a second, but let's focus on the Patriots backfield. Yes, the Patriots backfield. I know that's a cold, dark place for a lot of people to go mentally, <laughs> but <laughs> Damian Harris looked great, man. Uh, I know it may not have shown up in the box score, but he was consistently pinging off and ponging off, bouncing off would-be tacklers, uh, you know, in between the pipes, had a nice interior run that he bulldozed his way for six, and, you know, we've heard the rumblings, we've heard the whispers, we have heard from all the boots on the ground, and the consensus is, it's Damian Harris, and it's just the other guys behind him, I know it's it's difficult to fathom a Bill Belichick back, maybe getting 65 70% of the opportunity share. I think Harris is setting up nicely for this. And, you know, last year on a per-touch basis, he was rather efficient with 3.02 yards of a contact per attempt, and he was number nine in yards created per touch. Of course, we're all pulling for Mac Jones to unseat Cam Newton sooner rather than later to eliminate the goal line gremlin there. Uh, But Harris uh, currently with an ADP, Uh, hovering right around RB32, 81.50. Could be a seal of a deal.
1: All I have to say is this is what Bill Belichick says. He has an opportunity to really compete for the lead spot. I've been impressed with the commitment that he's shown. Uh, believe it or not, that's about as effusive of praise as Bill Belichick <laughs> yeah, ever gives. Like you would think that's almost like just an innocuous, like big deal statement for Bill Belichick. That's huge. He doesn't call guys out individually, say nice things about them like that, especially when there's, you know, full blown competition back there, and and, he, and he's one of those guys that loves that. But I, I just, I, I liken it to Lucy holding the football. It's like, man, are we going to really go ahead and 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 you know, try to kick this ball and actually say Damian Harris will be the lead back, and this will not be some kind of socialist uh, timeshare. Uh, I think I think we might be able to do it. I'm I'm on board. I'm on board with Damian Harris being the lead back, James White being the receiving back, and Sony Michelle and and Ramondre Stevenson, as good of a preseason as he's having, I yeah. think, are going to fade back into the into the shadows during the season, unless an injury happens, but I think we're gonna see a lot of Damian Harris. And we talked about this, if Cam Newton gets replaced by Mac Jones, then we're all in on Damian oh, Harris because oh, so he actually might be able to score
0: some touchdowns. Amen, after they had two goal line touches Last season. Uh, Let's quantify it, Brandon. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has his over-under set at 845.5 rush yards, and it's due to the under at minus 120. Why? Because people are untrustworthy at Belichick, the over at minus 110. I tell you what, right now, and I I think Mike Clay, Jeff Ratcliffe, yeah, they agree Uh, based on their prognostications. I think he's going to flirt with 1,000 yards, man. I'm well over on this.
1: Yeah, I am too. Uh, you know, he was six ninety one in ten games last year. Uh, we get seventeen games this year, and if he stays healthy for most of them, the way I saw him run, like I said it a few times last year, it's like he just passes the eye test. Yeah, I know last year wasn't a great situation, but man, just watching him had a few of those one hundred yard games. He looked, he looked fabulous. So this is a good. It's a good running system if he can get close to 200 carries or, or thereabouts uh yeah i think it's gonna be a nice
0: value in draft for sure yeah no question in my mind and let's also not forget new england's got a top five offensive line so yeah. it, it is a situationally again outside of the cam factor it's a fantastic setup for damian harris the other player I want i quickly talk about is uh Devonte smith uh first rounder of course the slim reaper I was really impressed with him. Now, he had a couple of concentration issues early on in the game last night, had two drops, but everybody talks about, oh, he's too skinny. You know, he could slip through a keyhole. He's so thin and, you know, diminutive in in his feltness, his frame. Uh, But he is a long, lanky guy. And last night, he just continuously beat press coverage. You know, the defender was coming up trying to jam at the line, and his decisiveness, his cuts, his smoothness, out of the break was unreal. And I think that's going to be a storyline for him moving forward. Absolutely juked uh, one of the New England DBs out of his shoes on a beautiful in route. Uh, and I think that's going to be you know the theme of the story for him in his rookie season. So, again, I'm all in on Devontae Smith. I'm beginning and consistently – at or near his ADP at wide receiver 39, right there in the middle of most fantasy drafts. And I'm sticking to it. I think he's going to be a guy who's going to lead this team in target share and a good chance for him to get to 1,000 yards in his inaugural campaign. Your thoughts on the former Alabama Slammer and Heisman Trophy winner.
1: Yeah, that's right, and I I did a – just last night during the game, I did a – I was doing a local fantasy sort of football symposium slash workshop, and someone asked me about Devonta Smith since the game was going on in the background, and I said – uh kind of to what you were talking about, like he is tiny and but go back to college, try to find film of him getting jammed at the line of scrimmage. Like that's you know, you think you can do that, but he has got savvy moves, quickness, great first step, get off, and you just can't do it. And you might say, Well, that's college, but it's the SEC where they're just feeding first round <laughs> cornerbacks right. into the NFL. So don't tell me he didn't face some guys that were at least you know, NFL talent level. Um but, yeah, I think uh, he's going to be okay. Uh, i just kind of always reminded of, like, Marvin Harrison, a guy that was, was wafer thin and one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. It can happen. There's plenty, of, uh, there's plenty of examples out there, and I think Devontae Smith is one of those guys. You worry a little bit about health, but uh, if you can't touch him, you can't hurt him.
0: No, absolutely, man. I'm all in on him. Tremendous value. Again, you're getting him at wide receiver four right now in fantasy drafts. And last and certainly not least, before we get to our fantasy five, quit hating on Mac Jones. Just stop it right now. He's going to usurp Cam Newton sooner rather than later. Absolutely peppering the ball last night.
1: And can we give a cheers to Jacoby Myers finding the end zone? It was a preseason game, but he found one finally. Uh, If he can start throwing some touchdowns in with those catches, he can be a nice find Uh, as well.
0: Again, over a 10-game stretch last season, without scoring, he was wide receiver 25 in PPR. He is one of my favorite late-round gems. Do not forget about Jacoby Myers. With that, let's get to it in this... PPR edition of the Fantasy Five. Number five. Yes, indeed. It is a PPR edition. These are guys you can get on the cheap uh, that will be flexy, sexy at a minimum this season. And let's start off with numero cinco on our list here on the Fantasy Five. How about Boston Scott? Got a little bit of run last night uh, with the ones. Uh, Miles Sanders came in, had a couple of quick carries for 14 yards, but we know the story of Miles Sanders, Uh, you don't want to have him, you know, running out the birthday cake uh, for your two-year-old because chances are he's going to fall and his head's going to go flat into it, right? (laughs) He's going to drop it Uh, with a 53% catch rate. Scott is running uh, immediately with the ones on pass downs. Uh, He was running with the twos last night. Then it was Kenneth Gainwell. So Scott is going to be the pass down guy. And people are slow to the take on this, and I don't understand why because he has been productive in spurts. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. 45 to 55 receptions this season, Brandon. He's basically another like another guy on this list, Naheem Hines, but at a much cheaper price with an RB91 ADP. So you are truly getting him with your last or next last pick in 12-team and maybe even 14-team league. So what are your thoughts on Boston Scott?
1: Yeah, I think... Philly's basically been telling us they are going full committee here and I you mentioned the 53 percent catch rate uh, from Miles Sanders that's terrible for a running back absolutely terrible. I mean think about where the where the targets are going from I mean it's it's literally right around the line of scrimmage those should be gimmies you look at Boston Scott a couple years ago he caught 24 of 26 passes. Out of the backfield last year was 25 or 36. I think you can blame the quarterback situation a little bit as well. But even even in the same environment, Boston Scott was much better on a catch rate basis in Miles Sanders, and I think like I said, the coaching staff, everybody in Philly has kind of been telling us, Boston Scott and you know the reporters around there saying Boston Scott's going to be involved, maybe Kenneth Gainwell, but I think it really just comes down to the fact that they're done with Miles Sanders being a third down and receiving back option and they're going to go to guys that are more adept at catching the ball in that area and doing something with it, and Boston Scott's excellent at it.
0: Yeah, he averaged 8.5 yards per catch last season, good shot, maybe he lands in between 400-475 yards of the air, And if he can, you know, toss in maybe another 250, 300 in the ground and be a sneaky source of touchdowns, maybe four or five, uh, he's definitely going to exceed, again, his free square on the bingo card right now in terms of average draft position. Number four. All right, marching on. uh, Let's uh, feature another PPR Dynamo and a player that you're rather high on. And that is one Sterling Shepard, is it not? It is. I think you look at his last couple seasons,
1: he hasn't played full season, so health is going to be a thing that you're going to have to hope for if you take him. But like he was on 90 catch paces, See, I mean, he's catching between five to six passes on average per game. And I'm getting like a middle class version of Tyler Boyd vibe where you have these beacons on the outside in – Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton I think the guy who might end up eating the most is the one that can work over the middle of the field and take advantage of the attention drawn on the outside to those guys so I think Sterling Shepard is someone who's getting completely overlooked in drafts oftentimes in 12 teamers he's either in the last round or sometimes he doesn't even go Uh, in any draft I'm in I'll make sure he goes because I'll get him late and I'll be happy to do it
0: yeah, looking at some of the fearless forecasters out there in the fantasy community, uh, Jeff Ratcliffe, uh, who has a podcast here, part of our Sawdust podcast network called The Rant, has got a projected for 90 targets, 62 catches, six twenty-seven yardage, and three touchdowns. Uh looking at Mr. Michael Clay of ESPN fame, uh, he has him down for eighty-three targets, uh, fifty-seven receptions, five ninety-nine and three. Look. Bottom I line respect is those
1: guys. I just don't think they're on target with that.
0: No, uh, I don't think so either. I think those are extremely conservative, and it kind of follows suit with where his ADP is. He's wide receiver 62, and they both have him right there in the 60s in terms of his finish and PPR, 154.42 uh, overall in terms of ADP. But remember, we talked to Pat Leonard recently, right, of the New York Daily News. Yep. Remember, we asked him point blank, you know, about Kenny Galladay and he then veered off and said, I think Sterling Shepard's going to lead this team at targets. So yeah. if if you can guarantee me, I don't know, 15 games, because that's always a downside with Shepard is is his health. But if you can guarantee me 15 games, you may be looking at a guy that gets 110, 120 targets. And you could also be looking at a guy that's maybe a 65, 70 catch contributor. I think the touchdowns are going to be infrequent, especially if Saquon is healthy this year. Uh, but there's a lot of upside and a lot of profitability built in to that wide receiver 62 standing. So I'm kind of with you there, Brandon. You're you're starting to sell me on Sterling Shepard. Number three. All right, moving on. Numero trace on our list of PPR Dynamos here on the Fantasy Five. Uh, A guy that kind of came out of nowhere last season, part of an RBBC, the nation's heartland, and that is Naheem Hines of the Indianapolis Colts. And Brandon, uh, a player that's going right now at RB42, just after pick number 100 overall, even in PPR formats, I think people are kind of forgetting what he contributed for Fantasy Devices last season. The 64 receptions of 482 receiving yards, another 380 on the ground with 89 attempts, and seven total touchdowns. You know, I equated uh, Boston Scott to Naheem Hines, just a cheaper version of him. Uh, but the you know real Naheem Hines, the guy that is an opportunistic player uh, play because he was a fantasy opportunist on a fantasy points per opportunity basis last season he was RB 20 with 1.16 points again per opportunity so I think people are still sleeping on Heinz and thinking that you know Jonathan Taylor is going to come out and get 20 touches per game they may want to reassess because that's not how Frank Reich rolls
1: yeah, I mean he, he he can be inconsistent, but what has been consistent is the catches. He's averaged fifth, almost fifty-seven catches per season in his three-year career. Uh, last year, sixty-three. At sixty-three as a rookie, um, and I will say, if you look at what he did last year, he would be he would have been a money best ball pick because Hell he had yes. like he had like a twenty-seven. He had like three twenty-some point weeks and a few other kind of takeoffs and every once in a while he'll just give you nothing but one thing I'll say about Naheem Hines is what's changed what's what's yeah, changed there at all i mean it's business as usual should be another 60 catches on the docket for Naheem Hines might be a little bit uneven but when we're talking about late round PPR uh, you know bargains here you got to put him in the talk
0: Yeah, you do. And you look at some of the secondary analytics, too. Just to, you know, put a cherry on top of the Sunday. I mean, he had an 83.1 catch rate. That was number five in the NFL. His yards per route run among running backs at 1.91 was number four. And he had the sixth highest target share of any rusher in the league. So, I mean, are you really that worried about Marlon Mack? You know, you lied to me. No, I'm not. You know, it is Return of the Mack. It's one of my favorite songs. But, you know, I'm stiff-arming that. I'm throwing that CD aside. And I am rolling with Naheem Hines, uh, who I think is going to be delivering on all fronts yet again. Good shot of coming close to replicating the production that he posted last year, which was very flex-worthy. Number two. All right, let's go on to numero dos on our list. And a guy that, what did he do last night, Brandon? He did something that by his standard was rather anomalous, was it not? And who is that individual?
1: Are we talking about Mr. Jacoby Myers? Yeah, that is correct. And
0: what did he do last night again?
1: Uh, He scored a touchdown, something he could not manage to do uh, as part (laughs) of the eight-touchdown pass Cam Newton experienced there in New England last year.
0: Yeah, it's right up there with me trying to touch the rim, you know, on a (laughs) 10-foot hoop. You know, every once in a while, you're just like, man, I'm feeling it today. You know, I had that extra cup of coffee this morning, got a little extra pep in the step. I've done it a couple of times, and man, it was a memorable experience. I never dunked, it's like, but just it's like touching the ball the rim. gets
1: wedged between the backboard and the hoop, or something, and you need to jump up and get it, or like the net gets kind of stuck up in the top of the rim, and you and you need to try Broomstick to jump up every and not, time for yeah. me.
0: <laughs> Broomstick every single time. I got no hops, man. But that was like Jacoby Myers, you know, finding water in the desert last night, uh, crossing the chalk and scoring six. I love this guy, and I've been saying this on our SiriusXM fantasy show called Fade the Doys. You can listen every single day on the fantasy channel, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, if you don't already check it out. He is the most underrated late round PPR grab in any fantasy draft. He is the new Julian Edelman. And consistently, whether it's been Cam Newton or Mac Jones, he's caught everything in sight in training camp. We've seen it in the preseason. I think at a minimum, Brandon, we're talking 70 receptions from Jacoby Myers, who, again, last year, when he didn't score a touchdown week 7 through 17, he was still wide receiver 25 and fantasy points per game in a PPR setup. So you sprinkle in, what, four to six touchdowns? We may be talking about a top 24 wide receiver that you're getting at wide receiver 71 in average drafts right now.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I'm just looking at his 85 catches in his NFL career and not one touchdown. It's coming though. I'm with you. I mean, yeah. he looked good last year. You talk about 70 catches coming coming his way. He basically played in 12 games last year and had 59 catches. So, um, you know, he's got he's got the potential and the thing I like about it is he did all of his work last year, and it was good work with Cam Newton. And we both feel that Mac Jones is even more ideally suited for his skill set. Uh, and Mac Jones is the better overall thrower, in our opinion. But either way, it's nice and heartening to know that he's not going to be QB dependent for his production. And I'm getting a sense that New England might be a halfway decent team this year. Uh, and if they, they don't have to mess around if Cam goes through a slump. you know, Then they're just m- moving on to Mac Jones, and we both feel good about Mac Jones.
0: Yeah, we certainly do feel really good about Mac Jones, as we did discuss at the top of the pod today. I'm telling you, folks, Myers is going to make you some money in fantasy football this year. Number one. My right, numero uno on today's Fantasy Five of PPR Dynamos. It's got to be Gio Bernard, a man that we hope is going to bring back uh, one of the most spectacular lip raccoons You'll ever see because that headshot uh, it's still up right now in NBC Sports Edge when I pull up his player profile Brandon and I it just gives me <laughs> the warm and fuzzies. Uh, it is Absolutely. outstanding I mean it, it actually puts uh Lando calorrisian stash Billy D Williams and the Empire Strikes Backs to shame and that's an iconic stash. it really is I, I just
1: I, I it's unfathomable that he got rid of it. It's nice to know that he could always bring it back at any time
0: but like where bring it back come on. It it went to facial hair heaven alongside Travis Kelsey's beard. (laughs) 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 They're out there like living harmoniously together amongst the clouds. But anyway, earlier this week, Bruce Arians came out and said this about Gio Bernard. Quote, Bernard has been more than pretty good. He's already going to be a major part of the offense. End quote. We know that Bruce Arians, with maybe the exception of last year and how he handled this backfield, is generally a straight shooter. And we know that Tampa Bay has been looking for their next James White, or at least Tequila Tom Brady has been looking for that individual. And it's looking like it could be Geo. But here's the twist in all this, Brandon. You know, we always knew that potentially he could uh, undercut Leonard Fournette on pass-down work, but Arians is even hinted, and so is Tom Brady that Bernard could get some early down action as well. And right now, behind Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, he's way down an average draft position at RB52. Yeah,
1: well, I had him at RB60 just the other day, and, and kind of in light of this news and talking about it, it just, I mean, I wouldn't make a, a, a drastic rankings change Unless it just made a lot of sense to me and I can totally buy into it. And I was ready to buy into Geo becoming the James White in Tampa for Tom Brady. And we can go back and look at film of Tom Brady disgust in throwing the ball unsuccessfully to Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette last year. And just, you know, that's a part of the game that Tom Brady needs to have. And he does not have a whole lot of confidence in the two guys there. So, yeah, this hurts Leonard Fournette the most, I, I think, just because I think he's now backing up Ronald Jones, running the ball, and backing up. Geo Bernard catching the ball. Yeah, it's just Leonard for not in 2021.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Leonard Fournette is definitely, I think, the, on the outside looking in. Uh, he's about to hit the skids. Geo last season with the Cincinnati Bengals, RB, 10 yards per route run, had a 79.7 catch rate, and Joe Burrow was one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the league, and, of course, the cavalcade of backups that came in post-Burrow injury even worse. So you get the major upgrade here. With Tom mm-hmm. Brady, who loves to check down. And when you have the field stretchers at Evans and Godwin and Antonio Brown, assuming Antonio Brown doesn't get you know, punched back in the face after laying a left-handed hook uh, yesterday in a scrimmage game. <laughs> Well-placed uh, toss there, Antonio Brown. Uh, I mean, you could be looking at maybe 60 catches from Bernard this season. And a guy, again, you're getting after pick 170 overall in drafts. Highlight him on your cheat sheet and that is a wrap oh wait no it isn't brandon give me an honorable mention real quick let's do a little bonus time for our listeners give me one guy that just missed a list
1: give me give me yours and then i'll give you mine
0: all right well (laughs) i I gotta think of one really quick i'm gonna go to the land of unvaccinated and a guy that was dropping (laughs) distracts uh about the uh, you know vaccine and that is cole beasley uh you know Politics aside, his stance and ridiculous one at that aside from vaccinations, he's still on the team, and he still caught 82 balls last year, and his role as a slot receiver is largely going to remain unchanged. And because there were a lot of people hesitant to believe that he was going to be on this team and might be a victim of getting caught, and there was no indication that's going to happen from the Buffalo Bills, uh, his ADP has plummeted. Uh, due to that, uh, those some of those Cole feedies at wide receiver 59 146.92 and a player that was top 24 last season in a PPR format. So uh, again, you may dislike what he has said publicly, but Cole Beasley, you can't forget him for fantasy devices.
1: Yeah, I'll throw out Russell Gage. I forgot that was the guy I wanted to throw out there. Um, listen, they, I, I don't think he's super sexy. But he did have 110 targets last year. That was with Julio Jones playing nine games. I think he's a very safe guy to get probably 120-plus targets. He started the year with a nine-catch game for 100 yards, uh, and then he ended the year with a nine-catch for 91 yards and a touchdown game. Like – with no Julio Jones in there, and especially if Kyle Pitts has any kind of learning curve issues, I mean, Russell Gage could be a regular uh, you know, 10-plus target guy week in and week out.
0: Yeah, I mean, he could be bursting out of the top, that Gage. I like that one quite a bit. Oh, wait a minute. That's kind of a oh. disturbing middle imagery now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway, all that note, we're closing the book now officially on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. Please follow Funson on Twitter at Brandon Funson. You can follow me there at Noisy Wavos. Drop us a rating and a review. And until next... Next time, Adios Amigo!